Well, that's a catchy tune. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It has been a little while, but here we are. We all made it. It's episode three. Happy Thanksgiving. We are in November of 2016. We just made the host of a reality show our president of the United States of America. Isn't that just fantastic? It's huge, trust me. Today, we are talking with Tiffany Fisher. A flight attendant by day and by night. We're gonna be talking today with Tiffany about growing up in a remote area of the country, in North Dakota and what kind of impact that had on her life. Tiffany didn't just grow up in North Dakota. She moved around a lot. She had ambitions. And then she had kids. Tiffany's done a lot of traveling. Obviously. She has two wonderful children. And Tiffany happens to be my youngest sister. We've been trying to do a project together for years now. And I couldn't ever think of anything to do with Tiff musically because she doesn't play any instruments and she doesn't sing. So that would make doing a project together a little difficult, as you can imagine. So I called Tiffany up one day and I said, Hey, how about we do a podcast for Into the Ether? And she was totally game. So I Skyped Tiff. And we talked for well over an hour. So here, my friends, in episode three of Into the Ether, is my talk with Tiff Fisher. So, Tiff, you were born in Jamestown, North Dakota. I was, yes. Yeah. What's that like? Um, <laughs> it's remote. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, compared to what I know now, which isn't, you know, that much more different than what I knew then. But, um, growing up in Jamestown, North Dakota, you're kind of separated from, from a lot, you know, um, culture and, and population in general. <laughs> you were born in Jamestown, and um, you, but you you didn't grow up there. Um, I grew up in a few different states. Um, I recall uh, California when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. Um, South Dakota, I recall that. Um, I want to say. Um, apparently we lived in Chicago for some short time, but I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of that. You were born in Jamestown in North Mm -hmm. Dakota. Do you recall any of that length of time that you lived there, uh, before you moved to Southern California? No, I don't recall any of the time in North Dakota prior to California. And so what's your earliest memory of California? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you remember California some. Oh, yes. Um, earliest memory in California would have to be um, at a playground. And uh, I want to say this is when I lived in Apple Valley. And we were at a playground over at the school that was near our house. And it was so hot that day, I was grabbing the monkey bars and the skin off the palm of my hands melted. <laughs> the skin off the palm of your hands melted? It melted because they had, you know, the old school metal monkey bars back back then. And um, it was so hot that day that it just melted down the first layer of my skin. <laughs> that had to have easily been over 100 degrees. So you're, you're at the uh, monkey bars, you put your hands on there, they start melting. What happens next? I just remember um, getting off of it and walking up to my teacher and just, you know, kind of showing her my hands. Um, This was during school. It was during school, yeah. Yes. I want to say I was was in kindergarten. This was during recess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so what's next? You, you show your teacher your hands and what next? Yeah, and and I recall uh, my mom coming and, and getting me, and that's the gist of the memory that I, I remember from that um, that particular time. So so what did your teacher say? Did she did she seem uh, upset or distraught, or was she worried? What happened? No, um, you know, I just recall the mood being pretty mellow with everybody. Um, you know, it wasn't, no one was overreacting. No one was really making a, a scene about it. I mean, obviously they were tending to my needs medically, but I just, I remember, I remember being calm about it. I remember the teachers being calm about it. I'm, I'm I guessing know. that's probably, uh, something that maybe, uh, in Southern California <laughs> yeah. back then people's with the old school melting. monkey bars, right? Yeah. People's palms melting <laughs> on the monkey bars. I, I'm sure maybe, maybe your teacher, <laughs> You know, this was probably like a weekly occurrence for her. Oh, some kid melted her hands on the monkey bars yeah. again. <laughs> uh, how long did you live in California? Do you remember what grade it was that you moved from California to wherever you moved next? I want to say I was about six years old when we left California. Um, six at the oldest is what I want to say. It could have been about five, but um, about six years old, we came back to North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, from the time that you started school in California, you were only there at, at most another year. Probably, um, you know, when we got back to North Dakota, it had to have been yep about second or third grade. Um, so yeah, I would have been, you know, would have been about six, seven years old, five, yeah, somewhere around there. What else do you remember about California? Um. I remember uh, breaking my arm, broke my arm in California, and this was we lived in an apartment complex, and um, and that's where my mom did daycare, so we were with her during the day, and I went down the slide backwards and broke my arm and was in the cast for a while. <laughs> you went down the slide backwards? That's how you broke your arm? Like how did Yeah, you- yeah. Well, I went down the slide backwards and fell off from the top, because... Apparently, I'm not that smooth. <laughs> or at least you weren't then. Uh, yeah. Um, I remember also in that particular apartment complex watching The Little Mermaid on a daily basis. And I didn't own the VHS. You know, we couldn't afford. I didn't own the VHS of The Little Mermaid, so my neighbor had it. And um, I would go over there religiously every day to borrow it. And so I, I have that fond memory. <laughs> Do you recall the neighbor's name? No, not no. at all. No. Not at all. She had a couple of kids and one of them was, was my friend, you know, so. Do you remember your friend's name? I, I don't remember any of my friend's name. I remember this nasty kid. His name was Thor and he would try to sell Kool-Aid without sugar in it, you know, and, and we fell for it. <laughs> you know? what? That's a fucking crime right there. <laughs> Kool-Aid with no sugar. I know, I know. And we were young, you know, we were naive and we'd go up to get our our glass of Kool-Aid and give him a quarter, whatever, ten cents, and and he just he laughed in her face. <laughs> you know? He seems just, like the kind of kid that would just take your quarter and not even give you your change. Oh yeah, yeah. Even his name, Thor, you know, it just says a lot. I think um I think that same kid threw a frisbee at my sister's face one day. It does kind of <laughs> it, it does kind of sound like an asshole's name, Thor. I could see, I could just, I could, I, I picture this little kid wearing, you know, like devil horns. Mm-hmm. Like, not just for Halloween, but yeah, just regularly around the neighborhood and <laughs> selling Kool Aid, just setting up camp and selling Kool Aid, <laughs> taking people's money, not giving them their proper change or any change. Right. right. Just laughing in their face. I just totally picture that. Oh, yeah. There's always got to be one, you know. There's always one in the neighborhood. At least one. (laughs) (laughs) So, Thor, uh, he, what did you say? He smacked your sister in the face with a Frisbee? I'm pretty sure it was a Frisbee. Um, If it wasn't a Frisbee, it was a baseball, something along those lines. But I want to say it was a Frisbee. Um, You know, this kid was just, he he was just a... It's a mean kid. Mean did he ever get his? I mean, did you ever see him like? Did you ever see him get picked on by anybody else, or like? Oh no! Uh-uh. So you no. never got your revenge on him? No, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time, right? 
<laughs> we're gonna get you Thor from Barstow or wherever the hell. He is. <laughs> yeah. I think it. Was, I think he was in San Marcos, if I recall. Yeah. So, uh, what was San Marcos? Was that the apartment complex uh, uh, place that you lived in? That's what I recall when I when I think of Barstow. I don't recall that apartment complex. Apple Valley, we lived right next to the school, and we had a house. I'm not sure if we owned it, rented it, what the deal was. Um, but San Marcos, I believe, was the apartment complex, and they had a playground kind of right in the middle of it mm-hmm. um, or next to it. So I remember that apartment complex. I also remember mm-hmm. living in Apple Valley, and it was not a house in Apple Valley. It was actually okay. the triplex. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, it was essentially like almost like your own house. We had like a, a driveway and a front yard and a back, a fenced-in backyard. Yeah, the fenced-in backyard, I recall that. Yeah, and I remember mm. the fenced-in backyard. I recall, I don't know if you recall this, but one Easter, I remember waking up one Easter morning and we went out to the backyard for an Easter egg hunt and behold, there was uh, an actual live uh, chicken, uh, chicken, uh, chicken, an egg-laying hen just walking around in our, our backyard. And mm-hmm. I think it was, if I remember right, by the reaction of mom and dad, it was completely coincidental. They had nothing to do with that egg-laying hen being there in our backyard mm-hmm. uh, on Easter morning. You know, it's interesting that you just bring that up because I was just having this conversation with mom probably not more than three weeks ago. And I had just learned of it about three weeks ago. She said that, you know, like you said, it wasn't planned. They woke up and there's a, there's the hen in the back <laughs> on yeah. Easter. So. On Easter morning, they're trying to guide us out to the backyard for a, an actual Easter egg hunt. Right. Here's this hen mm-hmm. back there mm-hmm. just hanging out. I, yeah, I recall a lot of the houses that we lived in in California there um, and a lot of um, memories inside those particular houses. Um you know, but they're that that same house with the hen is the house that I was jumping on the couch in a dress and tripped and fell over and hit my forehead on the corner of a coffee table and had stitches. I remember that. Yeah, I am. Um, I remember jumping. We had just gotten back from we were running some kind of errand. I don't know what. And I, you know, immediately throw on this dress that was two feet longer than I was, and I'm jumping on the couch. And I just tripped right over it. And I don't remember getting to the hospital, but I remember laying back with the light shining in my face, getting stitches, you know, so kind of in between there was a blur, just kind of spaced it out. You loved wearing dresses when you, yes, when you were growing up, you you were, you were, you know, kind of the little princess of uh, the family, right? That's, that's very true. Yes. I think I... You know, even to this day, I just, I kind of had this, have this fairy tale side to me, but oh yeah, um, I loved the dresses and, um, you know, pretending I was a Disney princess. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's all the, the Disney princess, uh, now, mm-hmm. you're, now you're a flight attendant. I am, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and before I got into this, I was looking online, I'm like, I wonder what it takes to be a Disney princess out at Disney World. And you can only do that until you're 23, because I guess after 23, you know, they don't want anybody that's old and haggard. <laughs> oh, <right>. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, you're not young and pretty enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, welcome to, so, welcome to Disneyland. So you have a broken arm. Were you in a cast? I was in the cast. Um, and it's, it's not a very fond memory that I like to recall, but I, I recall... Um, when it was, when it was time to have it removed, we, we couldn't afford, apparently we couldn't afford for me to go in and get the cast taken off. Soon enough, I was in the bathtub and dad was in there with me and he has a butter knife to it. And, um, you know, mom and dad are screaming back and forth. She's upset cause he's got me in the tub trying to rip this cast off with a butter knife and, you know, I, that's, that's something that sticks out to me. Um, I don't recall anything after if he actually got it off himself. I just remember that particular moment in time 
Would you have preferred to, to be in a doctor's office with them with a, a, a saw? I, I guess, you know, when I was that young, I didn't know any better, but I just knew that whatever was happening, mom wasn't okay with it. So it made me uncomfortable and me not feel safe about the situation, you know? Sure. Um, sure. So I just knew that whatever was going on wasn't normal. And that's what... Um, so it gave you a lot of anxiety. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Did he eventually get the cast off? Um, you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't recall when it actually got off my arm. I I don't recall if he ended up getting it all the way off or if we ended up we um did go in thereafter. Like I said, it's just these little memories that I have bits and pieces of and right. you know it seems like a futile attempt to take a cast off with a fucking butter knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't know, I don't recall how it led up to those events, but eventually, like I said, I found myself in the bathtub and <laughs> well, <laughs> it had, had to have been money. Always comes down to money. <laughs> it typically does. Yeah. Well, so, what do they say? What's the answer to ninety-nine out of a hundred questions? Money. <laughs> That's right. So, eventually you get the cast off. Um, what other memories do you have? Uh, I have a few others. I remember um, I remember my, uh, Alicia teaching me how to tie my shoe. And, um, in fact, you know, I remember her working on it mostly, but I know that you and Alicia and Amy all played a huge role in just some common, basic things growing up you know um mm. but that's one of the things that i remember fondly is um learning how to tie my shoes and her being there at one point working on it with me mm. um i also uh, recall being in seattle at one point um and i recall how gloomy it was there when we were driving mm. um I also recall just always moving a lot, <laughs> you know, always moving. Right. Yeah. Um, and we weren't, from, we weren't even army brats. Right. Right. Um, and, and it was so sporadic. We would have a house with, uh, I remember a house with a pool in the backyard, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we'd go from that to not having a home at all. And then, you know, staying with relatives and, finding ourselves in another place. I mean, I just remember going, moving around so often and not. Do you remember being in a, a motel, a one room motel? Um, I recall being in a motel, but I want to say it was when, um, we went to SeaWorld. This was right before we came back to North Dakota. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was because we were living there, if it was just because we were at, um, you know, on a little vacation, but I don't recall being in a hotel living there. No. Yeah. I, I recall living in a very small one room motel and I remember there was cockroaches there and I remember having to, um, my, I, I remember mom going to the church and, um, you know, begging for food and assistance of some sort. Right. We definitely grew up, uh, with full understanding of poverty. That, that is something I, I do recall. I recall standing in line um, during the holidays with mom, um, waiting in line to get presents for us kids, you know, at the Salvation Armies and things like that. I remember, I remember one in particular, the line was so long and we just waited and waited and I don't really think we said a whole, mu- whole lot to each other, you know, and, I, and now me being older and having children of my own, um, getting a little choked up, but I could just about imagine what she was feeling and going through at that point in time, having to do that. You know, let's let's move from California since that's what we did mm-hmm. uh, up to, and it wasn't actually Seattle. It was a uh, just across the Puget Sound from Seattle, a, a town called Bremerton, mm-hmm. and Bremerton is actually a naval port. That's where. Our dads 
sister Nancy and her husband and their family lived was in Bremerton. What do you remember about uh, Bremerton? Um, I remember it was over the holidays. I remember walking into Nancy's house and how she had had it set up, how I always dreamed that you know, our house would be set up for Christmas. Right. It was beautiful, wasn't it? I remember that too. (laughs) Yes. Beautiful. She had all of the Christmas houses set up and, and we stayed, I stayed, I don't know where you and, um, Alicia and Amy slept, but I was in the basement and she, um, uh, you know, just all of her Christmas decorations were just immaculate. Uh, And and a Christmas tree that seemed to touch the sky. Yes. I, I recall that very fondly. And um, like I said, I just remember, remember it being rainy. Dad and I went on a walk one day when we were staying there. We went on a walk just kind of up, up the street and back, you know, overcast, fog. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember the icicles outside their house just hanging from um, top to bottom. They were so big. <laughs> you know, Almost just, like a Norman Rockwell scene. Yes. Yep. And, and I recall Nancy telling us, you know, don't stay away from them because they can fall and, you know, um, take you out. I was actually just talking with, um, a good friend of mine that I recently met telling him that I had family in that area, or at least I knew I had family in that area. I don't know if they are anymore. Um, so here we are from California to Bremerton, California, where we're in a one room motel, uh, essentially at one point, you know, our lowest lows, mm-hmm. poverty stricken, um, standing in line at the Salvation Army waiting for presents with mom up to Bremerton where dad's sister and this immaculate house beautiful in every aspect what else do you remember uh, about Bremerton um that was about it like I said I I just I remember just the the decor and how homey it felt I recall that we weren't there long um and this is something that mom and I talked about apparently Nancy gave dad a very short time frame on when he needed to be out, when we all needed to be out. Um, she wasn't going to be hosting us there for long or, you know, for whatever reason she had. Um, sure. at least that's, you know, so that's, that's all that I recall from, from Bremerton. Not too long after that, I get back to North Dakota and we don't hear from dad for maybe 10 years again. Mm-hmm. Just drops off the face of the planet. Right. But it wasn't too long after we're in North Dakota that mom meets uh, our now stepdad and has been since then, Mark. Right. Tell me about your transition to North Dakota. You know, I was young and I just remember not really understanding a whole lot and and I didn't ask questions you know I one of the memories I have um is getting back here and I'm not sure where we were if we were at the courthouse or what but I recall mom asking if we wanted to keep the last name MacArthur or if we wanted to go to Fisher and you know I'm seven years old whatever how old I was and I'm just thinking, well, why, why, mom, why would I want to change my last name? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was at my age, just something I didn't understand. I couldn't answer. But, um, initially I, I remember right when we got here, like you mentioned, we stayed with, uh, grandma and grandpa, which was tough. Um, you know, you didn't leave the table until you ate everything on your plate, regardless if you liked it or not. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. remember that very well. <laughs> um, I remember sitting at her kitchen table until dark, you know, in tears because I didn't want to eat squash, which 
now I love. <laughs> I have exactly the same memory, only it was spinach. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was pretty strict there. Um, but mom wasted no time getting us into our own place. I mean, she was very diligent and quick about it. She didn't want to be there any more than we didn't, you know? <laughs> um, sure. How was your transition uh, school-wise? It was tough. I recall that right when we got in, uh, Grandma and Grandpa lived right next to Roosevelt School. So that's where we started. And I had, it. you know, I was, I believe, third grade. We enrolled. And the first day I got yelled at, um, I couldn't find my room. It was the first day I was nervous. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm walking down the hallway and I'm getting yelled at by this, you know, some lady teacher for being in the hallway when I'm supposed to be in a classroom. Um, and I just remember being at Roosevelt. It was not more than a week or two that we were there in that school. But I remember waiting to get out. I didn't like it at all. I just, um, I don't know what it was. I just felt like I didn't, I wasn't doing well. You know, I didn't, I was doing things wrong. I just, I was waiting to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long did you go to Roosevelt school? It, two weeks at most. Two weeks, and then we went to Lincoln. Lincoln, I was in a combination class. It was um, two grades mixed together. Uh, and uh, Lincoln wasn't so bad. I still have friends to this day from being at Lincoln School. Um, I've got a lot of memories of Lincoln School. What friends do you have from Lincoln School? <laughs> Um, Aaron Phillips is one of them. In fact, we lost touch for quite some time. She lived right across the street from Lincoln. And we, uh, we lost touch. And just three weeks ago, her mom gets on the flight that I was working in and out of Jamestown. And I look at her mom. I said, you're Aaron Phillips' mom. And she said, I am. And I, I told her my name, and um, she got Aaron and I back in touch through Facebook, and it was a good time. Now that you're in Jamestown, you, you, you know you come full circle, being born there, and do, do all this traveling and uh, moving around. Um, at what point does Mom say to you, "You're home for good now. This is where we're staying." This is where we're planting our seeds. Um, I don't recall her saying anything specific like that. But I do remember when she finally got us into the Cedar Ridge apartments out kind of near the airport there in Jamestown. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, I remember feeling that it was different. It was different than what we've had before. You know, um, and I felt that it was, even though she didn't say anything, I, I just had that feeling that a little more anchored. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Um, what's that like? I mean, you know, you're growing up almost your whole life getting toted around mm -hmm. from state to state, city to city, school to school. Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't have friends longer than who knows how long. Yeah. Um, what's that like finally feeling like you're where you belong? Um, it's nice, but it, it's scary too, because I, I kind of felt, you know, shy and, and intimidated by, I don't know, having that feeling that this is where we're going to be. And, and, you know, and even at that point we were still switching schools quite often. You know, I mean, I think we went to four or five different schools here in Jamestown right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it, it was a good feeling, but it also was just 
you know, different and not knowing at that point in time, I still had questions about, you know, what, what was going on between mom and dad? You know, I had no idea and it was never, I, I just wasn't old enough at that point in time to understand anything that was being told to me. If anything was told to me, you know, I don't recall much of that. All you know is your dad's gone and you don't know why. Yes. That's a tough place to be for a kid your age, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or for any kid at any age to have that abandonment. I don't think that we'll ever truly understand or know everything that happened and why it went down the way it did. And suddenly my dad was there and then he wasn't for yeah. a, dec- a decade or more. Right. right. And then when he did finally resurface he might as well have not been there yeah yeah um not not a fond memory i have of that all right you're in north dakota again you're you're kind of moving around a little bit from school to school but you finally Mm. moved to the cedar ridge apartment building Mm. and that's where mom meets mark Mm -hmm. this guy that comes over for spaghetti dinner one night (laughs) he's Tall, lanky, skinny, and awkward. <laughs> awkward as hell. <laughs> but a perfect gentleman. Yes, he was. A perfect gentleman and very, very nice. Very nice. Um, uh, maybe even um, insecure to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was his first date, and he's hanging out with his date at her home with her four children. Right. I, I don't know how. I don't know if it gets really any more awkward than that. <laughs> um. But here we are eating spaghetti dinner together, which I recall. I don't know if you do. Yep. Uh, Mom made a Facebook post the other night, and I actually called her out. I said, "Do you remember that it was spaghetti that you made?" she said, oh, yeah. Um, she mentioned that, you know, she didn't have much money. She was living in the in that house on her own mm-hmm. with all of us kids. And she was fretting about what she was going to make because she didn't have enough money to make something, you know. <laughs> more extravagant than spaghetti. More, right. <laughs> <laughs> so spaghetti it was, you know. Right, I don't even know if there's meat sauce. <laughs> so, uh, here we are, we're sitting around the table and eating. What did you think of him then? Did you did you even process a... Um, Was truth- it like, who is this guy? Or Yeah, truthfully, um, I didn't like it. I didn't like his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, he was very respectable. He didn't do or say anything personally that, you know, upset me or anything like that. I just, um, it was new and I just, I didn't like it. You know, I was like, who's this guy? Why? Yeah. It, <laughs> you know? he, he, he could have been the best guy in the universe, but he's not your dad. <laughs> so a couple years passed. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you find yourself in junior high. Mm-hmm. Tell me about junior high. Um, well, I started junior high in South Dakota, actually, um, seventh grade. How did you well, end up in South Dakota? We, we moved from North Dakota to South Dakota for, you know, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, something along those lines. I'm even kind of a little bit jaded about the time frame on that, but, you know, it was about a year and a half because I started in sixth grade and then we left in seven, when I was in seventh. Um, but, uh, it was, it was good. I, South Dakota was probably, a, a, it was a really good experience for me. Um, I joined, um, the Yankton Children's Choir. And that was the first time that I was a part of a group, you know, something big. I mean, I just remember, being so proud, you know, it was the choir and they had the girls had the cover buns and the male had the cover buns and the ties and, and the women wore the dresses and, you know, 
um, I was, I was just proud, you know, but, uh, South Dakota is a good time, at least for me. I know that for, um, mom and Mark, it wasn't, I know that they were having problems with Alicia. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia didn't want to go to South Dakota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, she had to leave all our friends. Yes. But, you know, like I said, for me, I, I really enjoyed South Dakota very much. Outside of this one girl, <laughs> this one girl in sixth grade, <laughs> I don't know, she had it out for me, but she would stare at me and slab um, chapstick on her lips and just stare at me then for 10 minutes. I'm like, what are you staring at? And why are you putting chapstick on your lips for 10 minutes doing it? You know, I mean, she must have been a distant relative of Thor. Uh, but uh yeah yankton was very great and and i liked the area a lot i liked the town um you moved back from yankton back up to jamestown right yes tell me about your transition from yankton back into jamestown did did you get with old friends again yeah um yeah i did i got into you know like i said it was it was probably middle to it was probably about the middle of seventh grade somewhere around there and all my friends that I had from grade school you know we all reunited so the transition back wasn't too difficult they just all were kind of questioning well where'd you go why did you leave you know now you're back um but the transition was fairly easy so when you get back what grade are you in seventh somewhere in that seventh grade year Okay, so you're junior in seventh high. grade. You're basically junior high. Mm-hmm. What was junior high like for you? <clears throat> um, I stayed busy with sports. I was probably in every sport I could think of. Um, gymnastics and dance and diving being the three main ones. Um, but dancing was dancing and gymnastics were top priority. Those were. I kind of got through in the diving just because. I was in gymnastics and it was the same coach. And he's like, well, if you do flips on, on the floor for gymnastics, you're going to do them off this diving board. Welcome to the team. (laughs) You you don't, didn't really get a choice with, uh, Mr. Twos is his name. Mr. Twos. He still coaches. Is that the the guy with the mustache? Yes. I remember him. He's still there and he's still the coach for every women's, um, a lot of the women's. I think he's been there since, uh, I don't know, for about 150 years now. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been there forever. I I don't even know. Yeah. He's going to be like, he's going to be a skeleton in uh, (laughs) biology class. He's going to be the skeleton hanging there. (laughs) (laughs) Long after he's dead. So uh, I'm just envisioning you almost every night of the week, some sort of extracurricular activity, school activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, of some sort. How long does this last? Through high school? <clears throat> um, for the most part. I, uh, there came a point in time, and it was my 11th grade, or maybe the beginning of my senior year, that I was cut from the dance team. And that's when things started falling apart. That's, you know, when I started smoking cigarettes, getting into kind of a wrong crowd... Um, things like that. You know, I didn't have that sport that I was so passionate about. I lost it and there wasn't anything I can do, you know? Um, so I just, uh, being a teenager, you resort to, you know, going out and drinking or smoking cigarettes, you know, just that peer pressure when you're not busy with something else. So, Hmm. so you got sucked in by the cigarette crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, w- what grade do you think that was that uh, you started uh, kind of getting away from your extracurricular school activities and uh, find the drinking, smoking crowd a little bit more alluring? Um, about eleventh, eleventh grade, maybe more so in my senior, but eleventh grade was when it started. Um, coming about more often. 
Yeah. And what did you do first? Did you drink first or smoke first? No, I wasn't that much of a drinker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just didn't like it. So it, it was, it was a lot of smoking cigarettes, smoking cigarettes, you know, mm-hmm. um, I never got into drinking really. In fact, I never really started drinking until my mid twenties, early twenties. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I drank once in a while, but as far as liking it and actually enjoying a beer was probably my early 20s. So uh, you graduate high school. Now, what do you do? Are you, do you want to go to college right away or are you taking some time off? No, uh-uh. I'm, I had no plan. No plan. <laughs> is, that, is that just the way you wanted it? Um, I think I was just naive. I was like, oh, no, I'll be good. Um. Looking back at it, truthfully, I just don't, I didn't think that I, I was prepared enough. I just, I didn't have that mindset. I wasn't mature enough to, to think about this is my life and you need to get it under control. You know, you're, you're out of high school. What are you going to do? I just was Lacking, yeah. lacking focus and drive. Yeah. I just was not thinking about my life at that point i just you know so, um yeah. so at this at this point was your ambitions just you know uh what's uh um katie and uh kelly doing this weekend that is ex- call them up or? Yeah, yeah yeah and and you know boyfriends my personal sure. life my personal life definitely was number one i i didn't think about my future at all right <laughs> sure and you know how long do you think you stagnated uh just kind of winging it. Oh man! I mean, you were you were obviously enjoying yourself. It's not like you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you didn't really have too many future ambitions at that point. No, uh-uh. no. I um. It's okay to live a little. Right, right. I didn't start thinking about what I wanted to do in my future until probably about two thousand seven which is about five years after um, I obtained my GED. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so And what were you thinking about? Uh, nursing. It's because I've taken so many um, nursing classes and, and you know, things related to that certification that I've yet to really find out <laughs> what it's for. Well, how old were you when you had your first child? Um... Let's see, 20. And what was that child's name? Trinity. Trinity Hannah. Yeah, Trinity Hannah. Mm-hmm. And, you, um, and how many kids do you have? I have two. Yeah, and what's your other kid's name? Ethan Lane. Ethan Lane. How mm-hmm. old is he? He's eight. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. when, did you, when was he born? He was born in... 2008. So how how long, how much time passes before you, you think to yourself, you know what? I, I want to fly around in the big metal bird. <laughs> uh, man. Um, <clears throat> I can't even tell you. I was, <laughs> I was job searching online and, um, in up pops SkyWest, not the Jamestown Airport. It was, was SkyWest Airlines, you know. And, and what was this? This was, oh, let's see, February 2015. And um, and they had it was called a cross utilized agent um, position open. And I, I was reading the qualifications. I had no idea what a cross-utilize agent meant. I mean, to me, it kind of sounded a little fancy, whatever. Um, but I qualified for it. No idea what it was. I just knew that it was out at the airport. I'm like, okay, well, all right. I had no idea that you get to fly for free. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I did know that since my divorce that I did like to travel. You know, I found that out pretty quick (laughs) you know so I applied 
and had my interview and she gave me a tour of the airport and, you know, explained to me what the job was. And she basically was saying, well, you're going to be outside with, you're going to be outside parking these planes, you know? And I'm like, you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. I can do this. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, that seemed really cool. They have an airplane coming face first at you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would describe that as pretty cool, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. And then I, I got the job and not even a couple weeks later, they sent me to Denver for training and all of a sudden I was working in an airport and had the option to fly for free. That was kind of the, um, foot in the door to, where I ended up today. <laughs> Which is a, fl- a full-fledged flight attendant, right? Yes, you get, yes. You, you got your wings? Yes. How hard was that? What did you have to do? <clears throat> it was very difficult. Um, not the academics. Well, they throw a lot of information at you in a very short period of time, you know, which is stressful in any situation. But... Um, Going through flight school has a reputation, (laughs) and it's very strict, very strict. Um, Even if you get your foot in the door to get an interview, you know, I mean, it's there are hundreds of thousands of people who apply to get into this business and hundreds of thousands of people who will never get in, you know. Um, But as far as the training, it was... Five weeks away from home, it was five full weeks, and it was only two non-consecutive days off that entire time, one of them being Thanksgiving. You didn't have weekends off. It was two days off in that entire five weeks. That was it. I mean, is, I mean, is that legal? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I would I would assume so, but... um. I mean, it was just ground training. We weren't flying, you know. Um, but uh, it was unlike anything I've ever went through my entire life. Um, every day, Debbie would bring a handful of us into the front of the cl- classroom. And we were upheld to certain standards. We had to wear certain things. We couldn't wear certain things. Um, we had to have certain items with us every day. We had to, you know, there were rules. <laughs> um And just to give you some examples, if our watches were bigger than an inch wide, we would get written up. Um, If our earrings were larger than a quarter of an inch, you got written up. If we wore socks that had a pattern on them, we got written up. Uh, If you didn't have your flashlight with you or your passport with you, Things like that, you got written up. If you didn't sign in, you got written up. We had our classroom made an impression, apparently. Our class, we were class 16 of 2015, and we lost nine of our classmates for things like that. We had a classmate close her eyes, and she got sent home immediately because... You can't fall asleep. And if you close your eyes, they told us, they're going to assume we're sleeping. It doesn't matter if you close them for five seconds and open them back up. We, we built a reputation pretty quick. So um, is that a lot of people, nine? Yes. Yes. That because is. See, your class was the slacker class then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently. Um, I, I lived with two other women in an extended stay hotel that entire time, two women that, um, you know, I lived with for five weeks, but they will be my lifetime friends because of what we went through together. Um, one of them was kicked out the day before graduation. She was sent home day before graduation. And I remember calling mom in tears and bawling and, and telling mom how I was ready to come home. You know, I was, so mentally 
hard and it was hard to be away and the sporadic hours and you know but you but you also had that underlying determination of you know what this (laughs) i love doing this i i want this to work out and with the support of uh you know your family and friends right yes that's what you did right yes yeah um that determination was was very much there for this. Did you did you ever get written up? <laughs> you know, I did, I did, but I I fought it. Um, so this just goes to show how high school this is. Um, like I said, it's not the academics; it's just the rules that they put in place. Um, so we had name tags. They were like name tents, they called them, name tents that they would put, they would um, change around every day so that you were in a different seat every day, you know, so you could meet different people, talk to different people, things like that. Well, you weren't allowed to put your name tent wherever you wanted. If you did, you got written up. Well, one day, people started getting written up because they were moving their name tents around and I look into my mailbox and I was written up. And I'm thinking, why did I get written up? Apparently, my name tent was moved. So I, I took that paper and I went into the office and I said, this is not a, I didn't move my name tent. I don't know who did, but I didn't do this and I don't deserve this write up. And so they, they took it back. So you got written up, but. It was a bogus claim. Right. It was a it was a bogus write up. So you were like, "What the fuck is this?" And they were like, "Yo, yeah, sorry." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. So you finally graduate, right? Mm-hmm. Is this when you get you got your wings, or did you get your wings after that? Uh, day of graduation is when I received my wings. Uh. After that five weeks, right? At the end of yes, it? Yes. Yep. The very, very last day. In fact, um, I got pinned and an hour later I was on a flight back home. So you graduate, you get your wings, <laughs> you, you get pinned, you're on your way back home. What's that flight home like <laughs> emotionally? What, what's that like <clears throat> to you? Um, I was, I was in tears. It was like, a million pounds lifted off my shoulders. Um, <laughs> I was so excited to get back home to the kids and just to hug mom. I needed a hug from her more than anything in the entire world. <laughs> and um, I mean, part, part of you has got to be going, flipping off the universe going, ha ha, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> it, it was, it was, um, you know, I, I <laughs> endured all this yeah, and got through it. Well, you know, I, I do have to say, because we, we were in, we were full fledged head to toe in our flight attendant uniforms and we had the pins on and we had to leave wearing our uniforms. And I just remember walking through the airport and thinking, yeah. <laughs> 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 and and I'll tell you the the attention that you get being in uniform walking through an airport is something that I mean it's it's a respect, you know, um certain level of respect and I I was beyond proud, you know, but yeah, I'm just like bitches. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so how long ago is this from right now? It is, com- it is coming up on a year. December fourth will be one year. December fourth so, is one year. Yes. So, are you as happy now as you were then, uh, still being a flight attendant, or or more so? More so. This um, really. This is my life. life. This is, um, you found it. I found it. I, 
I found it 200%. I mean, 500%. This is... Um, <laughs> who you are. This is exactly what it is. It is who I am. This is what... I didn't know that it's what I wanted. I had, I had no idea, you know? Um, and it just kind of how it all happened and fell into place. It was perfect. It was perfect. And, and it just, it's, I can't even, <laughs> I absolutely love, I love it. It's not even a job, yeah. It's not. And, you know, you, I hate to go like this route with it, but you know, I, I meet people and they're like, Oh yeah, I really like my job, you know? And I'm, I'm, but I just can't help but think that, that, um, that they don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, it's almost like they made a job for how you wanted to live your life. And now you get paid for how you want to live your life. Yes. This is, um, you know, they told us in the beginning, they said, this is a lifestyle, you know, it's a lifestyle choice because it's it's a great job, but it's my lifestyle. I don't live in a home like everyone else. You know, I, I, I live in hotels and I have a place in Denver with seven other people. I've, I have a bunk bed. <laughs> There's three bunk beds in my room in Denver, you know? Well, you, you you just stay in these places. You live in the sky. Yeah. Yes. That is a true statement. Um, and I've never been so comfortable to say that, um, you know, if this was how I was to to pass away in life, is that my job, you know, whether it be you know, a, a, a plane crash or, you know, in this day and age, terrorists, whatever it may be, if that is how I was to go, I would be honored. You know, I mean, I'd be so okay with that because, I mean, it's it's something that I, I have not thought twice about. Everything about it, I am so confident in in love with so there's there's just nothing i would change well uh tiffany uh i'm honored to have spoke with you for this last uh hour or so and um i love you very much and i'm so incredibly happy that you've been able to find your place in uh, uh, you know, your niche in your life and, and found a job that doesn't even really seem like a job to you, more of a, uh, just a way to live your life, which is the way you want to live your life. And you happen to get paid for it, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's true. There are not many people, uh, on this planet that can say that mm-hmm. not many at all. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, that's, that's, you know, something very special that you have there. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I'm proud of you beyond words for earning your wings, and you absolutely earned them. And I'm just proud of you in general as um, a sister and a human being because you're a fantastic person. I, I love you very much, and uh, you know, you know, there's all these things that we're we're connected by, not just because you and I are siblings, but um, you know, the things that we go through in our each other's lives affect one another because we're all connected by that ether. We're on the same wavelengths, all of us, all living things, all things of matter and non-matter. So, um, you know, that said, Tiffany, I love you. Thank you for talking with me. Well, that's it. That about wraps it up for the dude. Thanks for listening. And Tiff, if I ever see any kid trying to sell sugarless Kool-Aid to any other poor, unsuspecting little kids, 
I'll kick their Kool-Aid stand down and maybe even take their sugarless Kool-Aid money, funnel it back into a foundation that raises money for kids who have Kool-Aid packets but no sugar. As I said, Tiff, I love you very much. Thanks for joining us this time on episode three of Into the Ether with Jack Alaka. Good morning, good evening, and good night from the Alaka Studios. <laughs> <laughs>